You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's up? If you want a piece of my mind, there is no peace of mind. What? How are you? Where'd that come from? Oh, no clue. If you want a piece of my mind, there is no peace of mind? Correct. If you know, you know. So, that's all. Well, nobody knows. So, explain Oh, trust it. me. Oh, trust well, me. Well, explain People it for me, because I don't know. They're lyrics. Oh, two. A good song. <laughs> you can't just start off with some extremely niche topic that nobody knows except for one person. How do you know it's only one? There may be a few, like three, <laughs> like three total that consistently people. Consistently listen to us. Yeah, hmm. I would say three. So it's from a song lyric, including me. <laughs> <laughs> but you said who consistently listen to us? I consistently listen do you to can, us. Do you enjoy listening? The, to the episodes again, or do you just do it because you feel like you have to? It's a mixture of both, but I do laugh because I'm just, it's Monday morning, so I'm leaving the same place, which that actually is changing next week because of, uh, there's a strike going on. Really? So they're like shut down at the plant, so I can't really go there during their strike, so I have to wait for the strike to end. Which Not I, your job, but the people correct. you work with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One of my accounts, they're on strike, so I got to figure out when their strike ends. And the only way for me to know their strike ends is like through the radio. Do you feel like strikes are useful? Yeah. 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 Because of just be, are they union? Is that why they're striking? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's they- tough because the like I I understand both sides and I see both sides. Um, I don't work in a union. But a lot of my accounts at work are union, mm-hmm. so I I understand their gripes and I understand the company's gripes, but I'm also not involved, so it's very easy for me to kind of pick up both sides. But basically, um, the the union representative came forward to the company with multiple different ways that they could have reached an agreement, and the company came back and said, we're going to give each employee a 2% pay raise and more flexible vacation hours and then we can keep rolling and but they're like behind hmm. because the workers are like we're not working until we reach a deal and then at the negotiating table the company just got up and left really so it pissed the union representatives off and then um they threatened to to s- strike if they didn't come to a, an agreement and then yeah they announced it 
at like midnight that they're going on strike and then they walked out together in solidarity or whatever the hell that S word is. That's adorable. College. And then, uh, no, solidarity, you're right. Nailed it. And then, yeah, so I literally found that out today driving around for work on the radio. And I hear my, I hear the account's name, which I can't say. Mm-hmm. And I just start like laughing because I'm like, I got warned about this on Monday. Oh. And then driving around today, here I am hearing about it. What are your thoughts on unions in general? There's benefits to them. Um, it's just very difficult when there's that many things at play. Like if the union comes to the company and has a ton of different offers, the company comes back and says, this is what we're going to do. And then they clash over it. And then the union people find out that the company got all this added federal money Mm. because of COVID and then never distributed it down. They just basically hoarded it all. Sure. It pissed them off. So I think that's the, I think that's the basis of the strike in, in a nutshell, but yeah, I mean, it's just an unfair contract that they're on. One of the most talked about aspects of a union is that you can't like get fired for doing a bad job. Yeah. You're protected. Which is dumb. You should be fired. Not you personally, but if you do a bad job, why why should you be able to work still? Talk about it. I just did. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have a podcast, Mike, to talk. Yeah. No, because I, my first job coming out of college was – a. It was like kind of a union, I guess. I don't really know because we had like a union rep. So like we were part of some sort of union and you couldn't get fired for doing a bad job. But you're hiring kids right out of college or right out of high school. So they're all going to do a bad job. Like (laughs) no one coming out of high school has a very good work ethic. Let's be real. Like there's some people that could probably get away with – Okay, I shouldn't say all people coming out of college don't have a good work ethic because there's some people that do, but a majority of them, they're not. That's not their priority. Their priority is to get money so they can go smoke weed on the weekend, and then that's it. Outside of that, they don't care. So you're going to put them in a job where they are unioned, and you can't get fired for doing a poor, poor job. I think what's tough too is that there's so many people that have been there for like 30, 40 years that don't retire, and then it stunts the growth essentially, of everybody else under them because mm-hmm. they can't move up because they don't have seniority. And that whole dynamic is super frustrating, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, you know, open everything up. The Buffalo Happy Hour podcast is a union. What? <laughs> How? <laughs> what are you talking I'm like... neither of you... Can, we both can't get fired for doing a bad job. <laughs> If, yeah, I mean, that's right. If, if anything, this is the most unionized Correct. thing to ever exist. So I guess we'll just yell and, at each other. And neither of us, we're stunting the growth of everybody else because they can't work their – I don't know where I'm going with this. All right, well, <laughs> thank everybody for joining episode 87. We are, I guess, just going to continue talking about unions the whole time. So if you're in de- – I'm just kidding. If we talk about unions the whole time, I will literally kill myself. But today we have uh, Clonacilty. We had a great interview with the rep that is in from Ireland that released last Friday. So if you have any interest in looking at that, I highly suggest you do. They are a very interesting distillery. Clonacilty is located in the like most southern part of Ireland. So if you're interested in that, he goes through their entire lineup with us. We try basically everything. And he goes through step by step what each one means. And just he was a sweet dude to talk to. So if you're interested in that, go back to last Friday and check that out. But if you're new here, please subscribe. Uh, we basically talk for an hour every Monday, and then we release interviews from small businesses every Friday. That's really it. That's what we do. Yeah. And then Wednesday, we tease people with different spirits that we try. Not <laughs> right. Like this one here. I'm fired up for it. Let's, so let's open it. Let's open this up. So... We can get to even more. I didn't. I clearly didn't even open this yet because I still have the plastic wrapper on the top. But this is uh, obviously Clonakilty Distillery. Their whiskey that is finished in Armagnac casks. So Armagnac is basically the same thing as cognac. It's just they're both brandies, but they're just made in different parts of France. So brandy. Yeah, I dated a girl named Brandy. D- uh, dude, I did not. I know. A, I know a few. Yeah. Um, one is literally insane. So I wonder how she's doing. 
It's been about a decade since I heard anything about her existence yeah. on Mother Earth, so who knows? Do you think she's still with us? On Mother Earth? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I don't know where. We need a garbage can in here. I, I know. There's a lot of things. Just put it in the thing. Oop. That's not loud. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so Armagnac is basically the same as Cognac. It's a brandy, but it's just in a different region of France. So you have the Armagnac region of France, and you have the Cognac region of France. Is, does everyone there have massive arms? They could. Armagnac. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Armagnac. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they're just from a different region of France. The reason that you're more familiar with the term cognac than you are with Armagnac is because cognac is on the coast with a lot of ports. So they were able to distribute their cognac more easily, their brandy more easily. So people associated the term for brandy in France with cognac because it was more widely distributed. Armagnac is the, a region that is landlocked, so they didn't have a ton of ways to distribute their distribute their product on the early stages. So it's a little bit lesser known of a brandy style, but it's still going to give you that same like port or uh, wine finished um, green grape type of tasting notes to it because it's basically the same thing. It's just from a different region. France like is it. particular about all their stuff. Like, if it comes from this region, it has to be called this, and it can never be called this outside of this. It's France. Yeah. It's France. France. <laughs> I don't, they have so, rear view mirrors in their <clears throat> tanks. I really don't care. Do they really? It's, no. It's just a joke <laughs> because they always retreat. <laughs> <laughs> I did not catch on to that at first. But anyway, so <laughs> when we met with uh, our, our boy Hopper McGrath, he is the guy that was in from Clannacilty to talk about all this with us. He was not able to provide this one specifically, the one in Armagnac casks. But this one that we have today is Eddie Wine and Liquors, their single bar- barrel release that they did with Clonakilty. So they chose to make a single barrel with the Armagnac casks. So What's MS- MSRP on this? $42.99. Okay, very nice. Yeah. So we'll be sipping this throughout the episode. And we'll provide you with a short brief on exactly our thoughts. That's right, Derek. What do you think about it so far? <laughs> All right. So what else, Mike? What What did you do this week for a little weekly recap? Did you do anything fun? Yeah. I had another wedding conference for – I said anything fun. It was, you know, it's fun. What is a wedding conference? You basically, so for those that don't know, my wedding is not in New York State. It's out of state. So with that, we had to work with every vendor from all over the place to bring everything to where we're having our wedding. Um, So literally, it's just like a huge catered event off-premises. It's not at a venue. Um, it's, It's a mess. So logistically, so every couple of weeks we have conferences with all of our vendors and everybody to make sure we're on the same page. Um, this week we went through layout, how we wanted the, the wedding to actually be set up on the property. So here's what happened. I walk in and my beautiful bride says, we have to go over the table diagram. I said, okay, no problem. So she does this full time. This is her whole life. Is that like where people are sitting and who they're sitting with? Yeah, it's basically a CAD drawing of your tent. Am I sitting with your parents? <clears throat> no. So <laughs> the the tent is on a piece of paper. And then she starts to explain to me what her vision is on this drawing. And I sit down and I listen and I say, okay. So I'm familiar with drawings because of work. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there saying, give me the spiel. So she has the dance floor, tables on either side, and then like DJ table or like DJ booth, and then the captain's table. So the captain's table is basically one large table like this. So imagine I'm here, Colleen next to me, and then all the girls and mm-hmm. then all the guys. Okay? Very simple. She had us with the house behind us so the house sits on the coast the view is the coast that's the whole point of getting married 
at the house mm-hmm. on the coast. So I sat there and let her finish, and I'm like, that in my head, immediately, that's a huge red flag. Like, absolutely not. Why would our back be towards the view when we're the bride and groom? That makes no sense. Why would my back be to the view? Uh, I thought you were saying that your back was the house. I'm sorry. I I, I just misunderstood. Yeah, my back is to the house. So the house is behind me. And then the coast is behind the house? Correct. Oh, okay. So my back is to the coast, right? So I'm like, that's dumb. That's just dumb. So I look at her and I said, okay, what about this? Except I didn't say that. I said, nope, wrong. (laughs) Like, I just, there was no tact. And I think it was because I was tired Mm -hmm. and I was just not, like, you know, whatever. So I said, that that's dumb that makes no sense what if we did us here where we're facing the coast and the house and then the people that are at the wedding are on either side of the dance floor like you did but basically flip your drawing Mm -hmm. like because then people can look at the view and then people can look at the bride and groom and the bridal party and then they can get the best of both worlds from either side right like that's super simple so then i said let me just redraw this so then I redrew. I'm sure she was really happy that you just decided to take her whole life and just do it yourself. Here's the kicker. So I redrew the entire thing because we're referencing one of her family members that got married at the house with literally the same outline. And we were both at the same wedding. Okay. So then I said, what if we did this? And I drew it all out. X's and O's. Like your X is going to do a, a flat. Like <laughs> just football drawings. Yeah, I'm like, this is so easy, right? Like I, I drew the driveway, I drew the road, I drew the garage where the bar's going, the ceremony site. Then Are, she how tells me good was your drawing though? Like did you dry, draw like shrubs and stuff like that too? It was honestly it was more to scale and incorporated more to paint a better picture than what she was kind of gotcha. focusing on because she was just focusing on the tent and I said sure. there's more at play here. So because it's a full like mm-hmm. L-shaped property. So I draw my drawing, and then at the end, she goes, we're saying the same thing. <laughs> and then I look at her, and I go, I need a drink, because no, it's not. Like, not even <laughs> remotely close were we saying the same thing. So I won. We're doing it what I drew, because that's logical, and we're good. So that was part of my week. Smells really good, dude. Yeah, that's good. I like that. We'll we'll talk about it in a bit, but I do like that. Yeah. So, the other part of my week, I um, went for a hike with Sam. No gorge incident. You found a tick, though. Did your did your little uh, conversation that we had last week or two weeks ago help you take that tick off, Sam? So. <laughs> For those that don't know, uh, the episode is called JFK Has a Tick. 1,000% clickbait, by the way. 100%. I mean, we the, talked about both. It's just they're not related. Correct. The <laughs> Did I tell you what happened when I was pulling the tick off of Sam's no. head? So he's in my he's truck. He's on his head? Yeah. It was, he, so he was in my truck, and he didn't get out yet because he can't. He's, like, too afraid to jump down from the bed of my truck so, or the, the cab of my truck. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. So mm-hmm. I was going to reach in to grab him. And then I seen this little black thing move, like, right next to his ear. And I'm like, that's a tick. Like, no way. So then I basically, like, took control of the entire situation. And I said, Sam, don't move. And I, like, pushed him into the seat. And then I just kind of, like, grabbed his snout and then just held his head. Because I knew that tick was going to start burrowing. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing, he's up on flea and tick medicine and all the shots and everything like that. So I wasn't concerned. But the tick burrows. And what sucks about... Sam being a yellow lab is his fur has like layers to it. So he's got the, the gold coat for his yellow coat. Then he's got like a white undercoat. Then he's Mm -hmm. got like real, real fine white hair and then his actual skin. So I'm like pulling through all these layers. And then the FedEx guy shows up for a delivery. Oh. And I'm like, I don't have time. So I pull out my knife, flip it open and realize I flipped it open in front of his face. So then Sam's like, staring at me like what's going on i was like sam don't move sam don't move so i finally pinched the skin and then the tick is trying to burrow in and then i grabbed the tick and then i all i hear is hello and i got the tick and i let go of sam and then i kill the tick 
And then I look at the FedEx driver who's like up my driveway and he goes, hello, hello. And then I just look at him and I go, sorry. Yeah. You could just put it down. I just got to And I flicked the tick and I'm like, just killing a tick that was on my dog's head. And he's staring at me and I got a knife in my hand. And then he's looking at me in like my hiking pants and Solomon boots. And he's like, what is going on right now? And then I flick it. And then he like gets terrified. I'm like, oh yeah. Cause it's going to gain, like it's going to dilate itself 900% <laughs> and come eat you like betas. So I flick it off, take the mail from him, throw it on my bed and then pick up Sam, put him down and then turn around. And the FedEx guy's like walking and then like looking over his shoulder. Like what is happening? Like here? you're going to just start chasing after him. Yeah. I'm like, whatever, dude, just drop the package off and go away. You know? Yeah. Why did he keep yelling? Hello. He was like in shock that like I was cause doing something other than receiving a package. Right. So I don't think he could see my dog. Maybe he could have through my windshield, but I backed into my driveway. And then the back, the passenger, oh, okay. the, the rear door was blocking me, but he could see my feet, you know? And it's the windows are slightly tinted. So I don't know if he could see everything that was going on, but then he just saw me flick a dead tick. I think it threw him off a little bit, whatever. So other than that, just a lot of spring cleaning because it's actually nice out. So I'm cleaning like the outside of the house. Yeah. It sucks. It's what's, a nightmare. What's the first thing that you do for the outside to like prep it? Clean the backyard. Um, it's a long winter of salmon and out in the backyard because he doesn't use the front. He uses the back, so I clean the back. Um, obviously, the grass, get that going. And then the porch needs a decent amount of time because that railing is straight white plastic, and it gets hammered by all the wind and everything. Mm-hmm. So that whole thing has to get wiped down by hand. That's the only way to really do it. You don't pressure wash it? Not really because th- – like the windows there, then there's like my truck's pretty close, sure. and then my neighbor's truck. Like it's just there's not enough room, um, so we just wipe it down by hand, and it looks amazing. And God bless you. Yeah, and I then would go uh, right for that pressure washer, and then clean all the windows, inside and out. That's huge. And then throughout, basically, that's like a once a week thing. It's windexing the windows in and out. Once it's done the first time, and we're into summer. Mm-hmm. Home defense, we'd be gone. Um, and then the home defense is around the entire house. We'd be gone is just in the driveway and then that front walkway. Get rid of anything I can. And then I like to pressure wash my driveway once every other year or every year just mm-hmm. to maintain it. But, yeah, that's the biggest thing. I had to clean my garage door this year, which was a pain. But it's all good. Just cleaning. Mm-hmm. Just cleaning the house. Yeah, well, to- while you were cleaning, I was golfing. How'd you go for the first time, man? For the first time this year, I went out. I'm so happy. I was like, I've been in between swing changes. Like my biggest thing is that I rotate too much through the golf ball. So if I don't kink my like wrist, like Dustin Johnson does, I will have the club face open and then it'll always slice. So my biggest thing is when in that takeaway, I have to kink my wrists up. So when I rotate through the club face is square. So I went out to the driving range on. Sunday, hit them all perfect. I hate the driving range so much because I practice and practice, and all of them are amazing. And then I go out on the course and I suck. So I went out Monday and I went out Tuesday, same place. Somehow got worse. I was worse on Tuesday than I was on Monday, but I mean, I was fine. You were out there. I was out there, and it's still better than the best day at work. Correct. But yeah, the, the course was in pretty good shape. I went to Fox Valley again. You got to go there. It's fun. My dad went with me today, and I was showing him the ropes. I'm like, you want to hit a 220-yard shot? And he's like, driver. I'm like, perfect. You want to hit a 185-yard shot? All right, driver. Perfect. Really? Yeah. I mean, he, he can actually hit it pretty good, but he can hit consistently like 230-yard drives, which bothers me because <laughs> I'm over here struggling. Yeah, but, dude, when you hit it, I mean, you crush the yeah. ball. Remember when we played – it's Hamburg's golf course, but it's like Boston on Boston State Road. Oh, 18 mile. Yeah. 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 So you're like, you can't really hit this ball because you're going to go into the trees. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, sounds good. So I drove and just got into the wood line. And then you're like, I have to go iron here. It was like a three wood and you smacked it like 330 yeah. yards into the woods. <laughs> and you're like, did you see it? I'm like, yeah, it's in like North Collins. <laughs> After it hit a, a tree in Boston, now it's in North. Like I don't know what to tell you, man. Like it's gone. 
He was like, I'll, I'll just, I had a couple I'll just of take them. a drop. Yeah, I had a couple of them yesterday and today. But that's the most infuriating part of my golf game is that I, I take Murder all these the ball. Yeah, I take all these strokes because I lose the ball because no one can keep an eye on it for me. I need to go on tour to where somebody like a poor dude that is out there in the middle of nowhere with the flag can mark where my ball lands. Because there's a couple times these past couple days where it landed in the rough and I couldn't find it. I want to know how the tour has those camera guys that can track it the entire time. Yeah. Like that and they're they're perpendicular to the the fairway. Oh yeah. And then they just pan right to left and follow the ball and then they zoom in. It's like it's right there. How do you know? <laughs> like where are you sitting? Like how did you how did you even see it come off the tee to right. then follow it like a football? Like that just blows my mind. And they're going 180 miles an hour. Like it's not like yeah, they're and kicking then, a soccer ball or right. something. And then it's and it's super small. <laughs> yeah, and white. Uh, it's not even like it's, like it's dark green. And they're playing in like Florida where there's no clouds. Right. Like I'm, I'm just so confused. And then it's like, yeah, there it is. Then it's then it's like, nice job, Hasselhoff. You're in the bunker. Yeah. It's like, and dude, then it's the a British 300... guy goes, that's right in the mayor's mailbox. I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> right in the mayor's mailbox. Is that good or bad? 340-yard drive. <laughs> it rolled like three yards. <laughs> you guys are so annoying. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Yeah, that's funny. So I saw your post this weekend on Facebook about your most annoying things or the things that are illegal. But still people, happen anyways? Yeah. And... <clears throat> while while the, driving, for those that didn't see the post. The reason that I brought this up is because I was looking into getting a new phone. And I promise you this story comes back full circle. <clears throat> but I'm looking at getting this new phone. And this new phone that I want to get. Also starts on fire in your pocket? Correct. No, it's not a Samsung. It's still Android because Android will always be superior. But it has what call, what it's called <laughs> is a, a Hasselblad camera. Oh, that sounds super American. Have you heard of Hasselblad? Are they German? No, it's it's an American brand. It is, I think, it's one of the cameras that they first took to the moon when Americans went to the moon to take pictures. So that. Oh company, wow! Yeah, so I'm sure that. Oh, okay. You're not saying that that camera is in the phone you're looking no, no, to buy. No, no, okay, no, good. No. I would have been like, oh, no, yeah, that's sick, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a solid investment. <laughs> but what I was saying is that through my research of this company. When they went to the moon to take these cameras there, they left the cameras on the moon. Like, they disposed of the cameras. They littered the cameras on the moon. Like, the body of the camera that's not worth anything anymore. They, like, littered onto the moon. And it just made me think of it because you just went off on this huge rant about how littering while driving is illegal, but nobody ever gets ticketed for it. And I'm like, these people literally littered on the moon <laughs> where there's just, we don't even know what's there. It was just super funny that I thought of that. It blows my mind the amount of pet peeves that I have while driving. Oh, yeah. We had a two-part episode for that. Yeah. Um, littering while driving is for sure one of the biggest that's never enforced. Something that is enforced, but I feel needs to be more severe than a felony. Like... I have to be careful because I can't just basically say like off with their heads. Yeah. But basically off with their heads. Yeah. Like you if can you say that. this is a podcast. If it won't you go anywhere. Get charged and convicted of a DUI with kids in the car, you should no longer exist as a human being. Sure. Like that for me is probably the biggest pe- so I asked um obviously like we both have a ton of friends in law enforcement and I was like, "How do you feel about that?" And they're all like that's the biggest – there's no way out of that. Like, you're not going to talk your way out of that. And the ones that I talk to, they're all they're all troopers. And they go, oh, yeah. And they, like, giggle over it because they're like, it's so worth the paperwork because you're literally charging them with – if there's two kids in the car, that's two felonies. for. Yeah. It's a felony per kid. I'm like, good. Like, if you sold three pounds of marijuana – Compared to if you drove drunk with two kids in the car, the person that drove with two kids in the car should be in jail for a longer period of time without any type of, like, downgrade or... Bail. Yeah, like, minimum you're in jail for, like, 30 years. Mm -hmm. Like, you're a garbage piece of trash, and you're not even worth being littered. Like, that's how I feel about it. I hate that. Like, why would you get drunk 
than drive. Did first this of happen all. recently, or is this just no? It's just been a, a it's just a pet peeve of mine. Gotcha. Like it's it's so irresponsible and negligent. Like I just don't get it. So you, you you get drunk, then drive, then you say, "Oh, I'm I'm still okay to drive, but now I'm just going to put kids in the car that literally can't drive or know how to drive, and then endanger their life too." Same thing with a dog. Yeah. Do you consider littering like throwing cigarettes out the window too? Yeah. But for some reason, that's accept, like acceptable. It's disgusting. But I don't even I don't even know of a cop that would pull somebody over for that. Yeah. When that is littering and probably even worse because it's and there's I understand, so many chemicals out there. Yeah, and I understand that it'll like biodegrade because you you've seen s- cigarettes in parking lots that are like literally disintegrating yeah. and they like fluff out and then you see the paper inside the f- the filter mm-hmm. in the butt. It's just disgusting. Like the whole thing is gross. When I was in, we had to do Arms Across America and then pick up all the trash before we left, like, Mm -hmm. any range or any AO. And then I basically got to a point um, where they would put me in charge of that detail. And then I would say if any smoker – I'm like, all smokers are in front. And then if any non-smoker identifies a cigarette, the smoker goes over and picks it up. Like, non-smokers aren't picking up cigarette butts off the ground. That's good. That's disgusting, and we didn't do it because we don't smoke. Mm -hmm. So all smokers pick up cigarette butts, and I modified it. Obviously, everybody picked up trash, but non-smokers weren't going to pick up cigarette butts from smokers. Right. That's ridiculous. But luckily, my unit wasn't too bad with that because you really can't smoke cigarettes in a hide site anyways with night vision because you're going to be spotted. That cherry is going to be spotted from, like, miles away. But a lot of it was chewing tobacco. In my unit, it's just that was one thing I always did. But yeah, I hate that. What do you? What are your thoughts on chewing tobacco? Would, did you ever do it? I've tried it once in high school. Got super lightheaded mm-hmm. and nauseous. The world started spinning. I threw up and then never did it again. Yeah, that's the same story with me. Yeah, I, I did it when I was like <clears throat> me and Steve. We for some reason we decided to do this one time, and we were drinking. Uh, we called it Doctor Soko which was Dr. Pepper and Southern Comfort. Very creative, I know. And we were drinking that and chewing our first time ever. I was swallowing. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like Tom Haverford, man. Oh, my God, you gutted it? Well, I wasn't swallowing the actual. Yeah, but your spit. Yeah, but my spit I was swallowing. Yeah, yeah, you were gutting it. That's so gross. Well, obviously, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was like 15 years old. You probably threw up everywhere. Oh, yeah, 100%. (laughs) All over his bathroom. All over his bathroom. And then it was... All of us did. It was the most disgusting. You didn't time know you had life. a spit. I I might have known, but I didn't know how bad it would have been if I didn't. I guess like I didn't know the repercussions of not. Oh. But I did it that one time, and I said, "All right, I'm done." I don't even smoke cigars really that much anymore. I don't do I, like the most unhealthy thing about my life right now is whiskey, and that is saying something. Dude, you even cleaned up your diet. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you the last time that I had a slice of pizza. Which is crazy. How do you feel about that? Very good. You, I feel fantastic. Oh, I was going to say, what are you doing later? <laughs> Probably ordering pizza. <laughs> but no, dude, I feel fantastic lately. But anyway, and that kind of gets into another topic that I kind of wanted to talk about. But I mean. We're at 30 minutes. We're at 30 minutes already. So maybe we should save it for next week. Well, it's it getting more warm about, in like, here too. It was more about like, I know, what a tragedy. Heat. I told you, dude, we're going to start sweating in here when I was insulating the ceiling and I was looking at it all. I was like, oh, God, we're going to start baking. Let's see, does this make noise? Yeah, probably. It's an air conditioner. Local. We're probably going to blow something. We're not even plugged in. Oh, well, Nailed you know, it. that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So, anyway, so today, the real topic, we'll talk about the, the other thing that I wanted to next week. And just, it's just, just say it so we don't forget it. Um, Like, healthy. Like taking what we used to do and making it healthy, like not even just about food, but like lifestyle choices too. Like we, our generation seems to be very inclined to buy healthy products that like for our hair, like we don't buy Pantene Pro-V anymore. We buy more like healthier products for our hair, like beard oil, beard care is huge now, even down to like um, deodorant and stuff like that. Like people are now understanding that Old Spice, like, all that stuff is not good for you anymore because of all the aluminum and like chemicals in there and that we should be going to a more uh, like, I don't know, like organic way to. Yeah, organic and Mother Earth friendly. Bunch yeah. of hippies took over is what happened. Well, yeah, that, that's what I wanted to know what if you do any of that because I've done that a lot. Like I one of the biggest problems with deodorant is aluminum in there and 
I use Old Spice every day, okay, if perfect. that answers your right. question. So anyway, let's get back to the actual section that we wanted to talk about today. So we wanted to talk about, since we have an Irish whiskey in front of us, the best Irish whiskeys we've ever had. And we're going to be talking about them. Mike has some of them. I have some of them. We're going to come up with a list between like five to ten, depending on how many you have that I have. And we just wanted to provide our listeners with some reasonings why we chose them, what type of whiskeys they are, and just an overall discussion. If you guys wanted to go pick out an Irish whiskey and maybe Clannacilty is not near you because Addie's is actually the first store in America that is selling this. I'm pretty sure, right? First store in Buffalo? First store in Buffalo for sure. First store in Buffalo, 100%. America, I'm not positive because he – I mean there's reps in like Virginia. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. so if if you can't find this because it isn't readily available, what other Irish whiskeys we've tried that we've liked and try to give you a little bit of an understanding behind that. So do you want to go with your least rated one and then I'll go with mine? Least rated one meaning like one to five, like your top five, go with your fifth. Build up to your best. I got it. Right. I got it. Nailed All right. It. Well, let me just rate them quick because I brain dumped. Mm-mm. All right, so I'll go with mine first then. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Jameson. Is your first one? Yeah. It's about about 30 bucks a bottle. And the reason why it's number five on my list is it's because it's the whiskey that first introduced me to whiskey and the whole world of drinking whiskey, Mm -hmm. not only neat, but as a cocktail. So I had to put that on the list. It is an Irish whiskey, so it also fit, but... Yeah, it's what basically got me excited about drinking whiskey um, overall. Yeah. My number five is coming in at Tullamore Dew, 12-year. This is an Irish whiskey that I haven't ever tried up until recently, and I was surprised at how delicious it was. It does come in at $53, but I thought that Tullamore was more of a Jameson and like a um, like a bar Irish whiskey, mm-hmm. but I was pleasantly surprised when I tried this. This is spicy and thick, and there is some dried fruit notes to it, kind of with a little bit of chocolate. It's very like savory and sweet, and something that you want to keep drinking because the taste is so inviting and makes you salivate a lot. So that's something that I thought is a, a surprise to me, which is why it's rated number five. They're the normal one. That you can find like everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's my number four. Oh, okay. And it's twenty five to thirty bucks a bottle. Yeah. And I've had that at it's basically at every bar, which is why it's a nice option for a lot of people. It's not crazy expensive per shot. You can have it in a lot of different cocktails and not oversaturate the cocktail, mm-hmm. and then you're not going to basically kill your your uh, your wallet. Yeah, actually, and it's a good point. Toolmore itself, in general, holds up very well to ice. Yes, it does. So you can add either one ice cube or even throw it in a cocktail or something, and it still is strong enough to where it absorbs the ice and like, well, not absorbs the ice, but reacts well with the ice to where you're not diluting it too, too much. Yep. So my number four is Connemara. And the reason that is number four is because I love scotch, and Connemara is a one of the only distilleries in Ireland that is still using peat to do their um, – drying out their barley which to me is exciting because i'm such a big peat guy connemara is definitely on my list of scotches that i or irish whiskeys that i enjoy just because of that aspect because one it's more unique and two it has that scotch taste to it good deal i have bushmills original i'm sorry this one also comes in at 61.99 so it's a little pricey but we're good yeah um i have bushmills original it's about 40 dollars a bottle i've had it twice and i i don't have anything good or bad to say about it it's just another irish whiskey that i've had that i can enjoy and then not feel bad about picking it up Mm -hmm. most of mine were budget friendly except the last two yeah so my number three is red breast 12 cask strength and this one to me has to make the list because red breast is known for being very traditional in their tasting notes so when you think of irish whiskey you get that um like shortbread flavor to it um it's it's always going to be like a buttery shortbread for irish whiskey and red breast has that so baked into their process that red breast in general 
any of their product is exactly what you would expect in an Irish whiskey. And the the twelve year just kind of takes it to that next step because it's cast strength and not diluted. Do they have a twelve year that's not cast strength? I don't believe so. I think their next one is fifteen, which is not cast strength, but that's also hundred dollars. Because this I, red breast twelve like 70, is right? sixty seven ninety nine. Yeah, so seventy bucks. Because I have, I've had red breast once, and it was their twelve year, and that's all I remember from it. I don't. When I had this, I wasn't super into whiskey. Yeah. So I didn't fully understand like all the intricacies like I do now. So if that is the only one that exists at that year mark, then I've had that. At and that year mark, maybe, yeah. That's also on my list is Red oh. Breast 12 Year. Look at that. I had dude. it when I was in Europe, and it was really good. That's a BHH recommendation right there. Right there. Um, so that's your number two? Yeah. My number two is Green Spot. So Green Spot, to me is one of the most dynamic Irish-tasting whiskeys that you can find because they're a distillery that doesn't focus on being traditional, kind of like High West is to us, how they do a ton of different like barrel aging and different types of processes that in- integrate different flavors in. Mm-hmm. Green Spot's the same. So like a very typical with Green Spot, you're getting unripe bananas and like salt um, – like, um, salt water, coconuts, and, like, red berries. So it's a very dynamic tasting note. If you're interested in that and you want something that's not necessarily the traditional route, this comes in at $59.99, and it is well worth it, in my opinion. I love Green Spot. I've had it once. It's number one on my list. Um, Jesus, man. We're killing it. I had it when I was in Europe. It's another BHH recommendation right there. Sure is. And (laughs) I had it with a very close friend of mine. Um, He introduced it to me with the bartender and they said just try this i had to have a drop of water in it because i was like i was super thrown off the tasting notes on it like you said are dynamic but they literally like the upfront tasting notes punch you in the mouth and face Mm -hmm. and it i wasn't as comfortable or well versed with my palate at all when i had it and I enjoyed it, but I think I respected it more than I enjoyed it when I had it. I haven't had it since, and that was 2017. Hmm. So I really want to try it again. I just don't know where I can find it. Green Spot, we can find it. We got. Um, I don't. I don't think Addy sells it. So all these prices that I've been quoting have mostly been Addy's, Tullamore Dew, um, Red Breast, and I believe the next one that I'm going to talk about have all are all in stock at Addy's. But I think Green Spot was at um, Colonial Wine and Spirits in Orchard Park. OP. They have a yeah. lot of yeah, they do. their they selections huge. There, yeah. Okay. Well, my number one, I kind of cheated a little bit, dude. Not this specific one, but Clannacilty in general. When I had their stuff, that is fantastic, and it was the Clannacilty Double Oaked. So if you do are if you are again interested in the Clannacilty brand, go back and check out the interview that released last Friday. Um, it to me, it's just such a great product. So the Clannacilty Double Oaked won world's best blended Irish whiskey in 2020, and they won the double gold in the 2019 San Francisco World Spirits Competition. They are uh, this makes it the first whiskey Irish whiskey to be finished in a Neoc cask, which a Neoc is ex red wine barrels from the Bordeaux region of France. Um, and the best part about this is it's only 42.99. So their whiskey is so well rounded and it's so delicious. To me, this is exactly what Irish whiskey is meant to be, which is why that's my number one recommendation. I built my list with products that I've had up to this point, and then I did not include them because I wanted to basically just talk about mm-hmm. me up to this point with our like my tasting notes and progression. Sure. I agree with you. I feel like every house, we, we always say that there's, there's must-haves in your home bar. Um, with like Devil's River, Three Chord, Jameson, um, Bullet, and then if you get into like finer, well, not necessarily finer, but just other options, you can throw in like St. Lawrence, yeah. and then now this. I feel like a Clonakilty has to be on your shelf just because it's not over. It's not super hot. No, it's not. I mean, it comes at what forty three point six ABV, I think. Which I feel like it's. It kind of blends best of both worlds. You're getting a beautiful package with it that your guests' eyes will catch. You can talk about it. That's why I also love local spirits as much as I do because 
the the packaging and the marketing in the labels stand out so much better compared to Kentucky, mm. in my opinion. Did you want more? I have to. Okay. So now <laughs> with, with this, you can talk about the packaging, and then when they try it, they're not burning their throats. Mm-hmm. And then you can further talk about Ireland with them, and then you can just tie everything in full circle, and it just makes you that much better of a host. Yeah. And you're not killing your wallet by buying these either. So for me, it I feel like this is something that just has to be on your shelf. Yeah. I agree, I agree, I agree. I agree, I agree, I agree. This is something that we want to start doing more often is these recommendations for you guys because you listen to this podcast not only for Mike and I just to banter back and forth, but also for recommendations. I've heard so many countless times of people taking our recommendations seriously and enjoying what we've had on the show. Oh, so yeah, there's this so is many text messages. Yeah, this is something that we need to and we will start doing, which is like a top five or a top ten or whatever it may be to recommend different products to you. So this week we're doing, obviously, Irish whiskey. Next week we might do scotch. We, we're going to do bourbon. We're going to do regular whiskey, rye whiskey. We're going to just do all the different types of whiskey and talk about them. From a scotch or from an Irish whiskey standpoint, just note that Irish whiskey has to be made in Ireland. So anything that you found out on this list that is Irish whiskey-esque isn't considered in this list because it's not actually made in Ireland or follow their criteria for being Irish whiskey. So as we continue going through this kind of segment mini series, I guess you can call it, but we'll do top five bur- or top five whiskeys you need in your house, which c- covers all categories, like one bourbon, one rye, one scotch, one Irish whiskey, one Japanese whiskey, I guess. I don't know. They lost the war. <laughs> America first, brother. Yeah. All right. Well, 45 minutes, bro. Let's write this thing. Let's do it. What's going on, man? How are you? All right. Klonakilty. This is their Armagnac finished whiskey. And this is Eddie's Fine Wine and Spirits, their single barrel. So if you want to try this with us, if you want to try this after we talk about it, because we do such a good job talking about it, you can go to Addie's Wine and Spirits on Transit Road, pick up a bottle of this. They do have some left. It is going really fast because this is fantastic, and anything finished in Armagnac is going to give you that taste that you probably haven't experienced before in whiskey. Correctamundo. <laughs> All right, so Clonacilty, label branding, what are you giving it? A++ checkmark. Check mark. A plus plus check mark, check mark. <laughs> you got the marker out here? I didn't know if you were going to continue going. No. Or if you were done. That's uh, what she I said. do not have. Yep. Damn right. That was a good one. Um, I do not, but I will write it down here. A plus plus check mark. Check mark. Okay. <clears throat> so A plus plus check, check. The, the reason that. I like this so much. And then you can add anything that you I didn't cover. Thanks, Deb. Is one, you're welcome, son, that this comes in a box, which to me is a huge selling point. Uh, more whiskeys outside of scotch in um, Ireland should start coming in boxes because I think that it adds a marketing material, not only draws the attention of people looking to buy something, but it also gives someone something to keep after the bottle is gone because nobody wants an empty bottle on their shelf, but they could have – an empty box on their shelf. So they, they have the whale tail, which um, is, what is it called? What kind of whale? Menke whale? Minky whale? Yeah. Minky whale, which is native to that area of Ireland. So that's kind of the logo that they went with is this whale tail here. Um, and the back of the box is Clonakilty, a town in the southernmost tip of Ireland on the Atlantic seaboard is where we have built our distillery. We have hand-selected the finest casks in which to finish our whiskey at the Atlantic Ocean Warehouse. Perched high on a cliff, it is a very special environment to mature an exceptional whiskey. And raging storms and crashing waves send spray and foam upwards, filling the air with salt, oxygen, and vitality. In this environment, our casks don't sleep. They live an exciting life. It is as it should be. It is also from this special place that we draw from the purest water, a single deep well, remote and unspoiled, uh, to enhance every precious drop. Our whiskey is triple distilled, giving it a smooth yet complex character. The care and attention we take in this unique environment allows us to harness the purity of our land and sea to craft spirits that feed the soul. Clonakilty Distillery. Beautiful. A++ plus plus check check. 
Boom. Nose. What are you getting on the nose? It is toasty in here. I don't think people understand how much insulation <laughs> we put around us. Turn um, on the heater. And it's, yeah, it's it's warm. But I'd rather, listen, I'm not going to complain because it's so much better than literally freezing. No, no, no. Don't blow a fuse. We're too far into the episode. Leave it. Oh, that's a good point. I don't Leave it. Think about that. Yeah, you're fine. We'll, we'll try it out after. All right, so nose. What do you get on the nose? You get, like, spice on the nose. Yeah. Like, oh, man, this is going to be really hot, which we'll talk about literally in un momento, but that's your first initial reaction. Wow, this is going to be really hot. Yeah, you're getting a lot of honey on the nose, too. And, and yes, there's a lot of honey. Um, and a little bit of you get that the, grape. You like, get the faintest bit of vanilla. Faintest bit. Grape. Like a green grape skin? Yeah, from that Armagnac finish. I taste that more than I smell it, but on the... Initial taste, or the nose, A+. plus. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's on the back end of the nose, is the grape. I have also had allergies up the wazoo lately, so the my... The pollen is so annoying. I spent five hours on my truck detailing it, and then within a half an hour it was covered in pollen. It's so annoying, and I feel disgusting, and I'm going to burst the throat again if I hold in a sneeze. So anyway, uh, A-plus on the nose. If you didn't catch that last year, I burst in my throat. Initial taste, what are you getting? He says it's from sneezing, but all the fans know why that actually happened. It was from pizza. Initial taste, I'm getting a little bit of baking spice. I do get the grape on the initial taste. Um, You get kind of like a... It's not like a typical Kentucky bourbon in the tasting notes. It's kind of like a a blend between whiskey and gin in some of the tasting notes where you would get, you know how when you drink gin, it's like very obvious it's, it's what florally. the tasting note is? It's floral. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. the, the floral notes in gin are toned down and mellowed. To where you're like, okay, I'm I'm definitely still drinking whiskey, and your your mouth is trying to figure out like what actually just hit it, and then when you swallow it, you salivate, and then it fully clicks. Like, okay, yes, this is a whiskey. There is an oil content, and the honey kind of coats your mouth, and then you start to pick up a little bit of floral notes, almost like a pear, grape in the taste, and it's just crisp, and yeah. you're like, wow, okay, this is actually dynamic and enjoyable. To where. You want to keep slightly s- sipping it to enjoy the levels of it, but you're not, it's not like you're tasting it with your sinuses either. Yeah. So it'll travel through your sinuses, but all the taste stay in your mouth. What I like a lot about this, and this is consistent across all of their products, is they tend to be more on the lower proof point, which is good for people looking to get into some of the whiskey and are a little bit reluctant to try anything above a 90 proof this is 43.6 so it comes out obviously to like 80 87 but the flavors are still very full-bodied and it's soft it's soft it's very full-bodied it kind of tastes a little thick which is something that you would not expect for something that was diluted so much to Mm -hmm. get down to an 86 87 proof um i i love this i I like your call on the pear i'm also getting a little bit of apricot um but like that fresh like summary type of fruit that you're getting on the taste. Yeah. This is something that you would want to have when it's like today, mm-hmm. 80, 85, no clouds, sunny, but you still want whiskey. Go to this. If you want to put in a little, little bit of ice. Um, and I'm talking like half of a crushed ice cube yeah. or like one or two drops. And then just let this sit. This is a nice sipper when it's hot out. Uh, a plus. Yeah. A plus initial taste. Any note, you do get some spice. Trying to really nail down like what what it is. I don't necessarily I can't say it's like a baking spice. It's a blend between pepper and wood sugar that I'm getting on the ending note. And it kind of rounds out the whiskey experience opposed to more of like the floral like gin whiskey mix on the initial taste that you get. Have you ever had a light, like a very light skinned cigar dipped in bourbon before? 
No, but I have one. That is from St. Lawrence. That is what I feel like this tastes on the back end. It, it's a little bit tobacco-y for me. It has this charred, deep kind of tobacco taste, but it's so light that it just travels down very quickly. But you kind of get that right on the back, like past your taste buds as it's going down your throat. On the back of my mouth, at the very beginning of my throat, yeah. you get the tingling of the spice and the pepper, and then it just like, it's such a high hug, mm-hmm. but it dead nut stops yeah. in the center of your sternum. And you're like, what is going on? And that's it. It just dissipates. There's no gut wrenching, like, ugh, like I just drank ethanol. It sits really well in your stomach. And we're taking multiple sips trying to nail these tasting notes down for people, yeah. but it's not unsettling in the stomach. I'm sorry, not a tobacco or a light cigar dipped in bourbon, light cigar dipped in white wine. I never had one of those, nor do I have one of those in my humidor. Nor do I think that they really make them. But that's what I'm like. You're getting that grape ending note too. That's kind of mixed in with the tobacco, and then a little bit of char wood sugar at the end too. Now I want a stogie, dude. All right, let's do it. Fire it up. Uh, okay, so ending note. What are you getting? What are you giving it? A. A. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Final rating. Give me that countdown. Three, two. One. 91. 91.5. Nailed it. That's good. This, I just just go buy their products. Find them somewhere. Figure out how to get them. Reach out to them on social media. Their social media is fantastic, by the way. Side note, they're very responsive. They're very polite. Um, and they do a great job of, hey, we're because they're new. They haven't been around for like 846 years. Right. So... I, I mean, other distilleries in the area have, you know, where they are. So, yeah, I mean, for what they are, for the packaging, I would honestly say that this is one of the best bangs for your buck, where you're getting scotch-level packaging with budget-friendly whiskey combined with top-tier fl- like tasting notes in the product, and you're just getting a the best of both worlds. And you're getting a lower proof product with the tasting notes of a higher proof product too. Yeah, for what? 45 50 bucks? Yeah, this is 42.99 from Addie's. Yeah, I you can't that's what 45 46 after tax in New right. York. You can't beat that. I mean, that's I don't even know if they're making money. Honestly, yeah, because especially now with the cost of freight <laughs> and everything else, I mean, packaging isn't cheap. Yeah. This is beautiful. This is they they killed it with this. I am very very happy that we were able to sit down and talk with them. Oh, they mentioned that their um their packaging is like recycled materials too, right? Yeah. Where it's like all eco friendly and all this craziness. If you're interested in that interview, go back and check that out last Friday with Hopper McGrath. Yeah, and if you want to hear an amazing accent, watch the interview because oh, you'll yeah. literally laugh the entire time. Dude, I love him. Yeah. So I've been watching a lot of Outlander lately, like I've told you, and the main character in there is Claire. Yeah. And they're from Scotland, but yeah. similar cadence and everything. But he was saying that one of the – and, like, Gina and I love when the main actor says Claire all the time because it's just – I don't know. He says it all the time, and it just gets my musy. But the hopper said that one of the owners is from Claire Island. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, oh, my God. Because I just, like, tied it all in. There it is. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad that – Gave you the heebie-jeebies. It did. I almost had to walk out of the room for a little bit. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so ninety-one point five. That's a that's a solid score. Yeah. <clears throat> no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. So thank everybody for joining episode eighty-seven of the Buffalo Happy Hour. If you like today's episode where we talked about the top ten, basically it ended up being probably top seven after our duplicates. But right. our top rated Irish whiskeys. Let us know in the comments down below, and let us know if there's something that you like that we didn't touch on. I know that Teeling is a pretty popular Irish whiskey that we didn't talk about because it's not. It didn't make my top five. It didn't make your top five, but maybe it would be top six. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, so if you liked that structure and you want us to do more recommendations because we are certified bourbon stewards, then uh, let us know in the comments down below because we will be doing quite a few of these whether you like it or not. So anyway, uh, thank you very much for joining today's episode. Please like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It costs you nothing. Go follow our Instagram and our Facebook at the Buffalo Happy Hour 12 and then at the Buffalo Happy Hour on Facebook. And yeah, that's really it. Mike, anything else to add? 
Don't litter. How's that? Yeah. Also, if you see a emergency vehicle pulled over on the side of the road, move over. Give them a lane. Not hard. This is becoming a public service announcement. It's fine. Do you have anything else to add? Go Bills. Perfect. Well, everybody, thank you very much for joining. Please remember to drink responsibly, be a good person, and Michael. Do not litter. We're out. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.